When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series, our show in which we bring you all of the latest Arsenal news at 9.30, Monday to Friday, UK time. Thank you for joining us. Do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel, helping us get to 8,000 subs before the end of the January window. I'm joined by Hush. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Morning, Tom. Not too bad. How are you? Very good. Uh, I mean, last night was a little bit annoying, but other uh, than that... Uh... It, felt, it felt like a defeat. It, it did. Like a watching Leicester. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Awful. Awful, awful. Leicester can't do us a favour, can they? Um, but fingers crossed. They're a lot harder games, I suppose, to play for the rest of the season. So fingers crossed they can drop some points elsewhere whilst we try and get to a cup final, which is something that Spurs have failed to do, uh, to be fair to them. Uh, Liverpool tonight and a difficult game, of course, but we should have plenty more players available than we did for the first leg that we got a really good result in. Yeah, Um uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to is the um, atmosphere of the Emirates tonight, especially mm. because we've had a week of every fan, journalist, broadcaster, commentator, um, you know, every man and his dog to stick the knife in. For some, mm. like, I've spent a few days trying to work out what's the deal here. Why are people so, you know, pent up by our post moment when we had 19 other fixtures postponed before us? But whatever it is it's created a um a siege like mentality among the fans i know you wrote um i think chris wrote earlier this week or was it you i'm sorry we mm. get to uh, some content yeah <laughs> but, i think i wrote the piece about how like it's, it's brought the fans together at the best possible time yeah. and the worst time for our rivals yeah that's what i was alluding to where all those internal debates have kind of been put to the side a little bit and everyone's mm. kind of banded together um i'm ex- yeah like i said i'm expecting a really raucous Emirates Stadium tonight. Um, and going off the performance the boys put in at Anfield, they've got a lot to hold on to here. We've got, you know, we've kept a clean sheet at Anfield. It's no, no easy feat. So if I'm ex- also expecting us to go quite strong with the lineup because well, we haven't played for a week or over a week. So, mm. um, yeah, a strong lineup, a good start. And I feel quite confident about about the fixture um weird because going into the first leg i was almost writing off the tires as a you know as a whole so mm. did not expect to be here but delighted to be in the situation and what two two matches away from another trophy for Mikel Arteta um, it doesn't feel like it's out of, out of our grasp let's put it that way yeah no it doesn't look i'm i'm quietly confident going into this one tonight I, I know that Liverpool are a good team I'm not underestimating them but I just feel like there is a real incentive about this Arsenal team at the moment to try and get this game won after all of the kind of the narrative and the controversies that surrounded this tie in the first postponement we've had a week's rest of course players will be returning from injury and illness which is good to see 
Uh, our colleague Kai Kainak, of course, posted some of the training photos and we saw Martin Erdegaard be back, which is obviously really good news. We're still waiting to find out about the likes of Smith Rowe and, and Tommy Asu, but there's hope that, that players will be returning. And how we kind of approach the game is going to be interesting. Like, because we went with the back five, uh, the back three, and then obviously, well, we switched to the back three after the red card, but uh, we held out defensively really strong. Do you think we're going yeah. to kind of go for the same thing, or do you think we're going to try and be more dominant? I don't know because we don't know the team. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I say that because going away from home, um, well, we let's we struggled while we were out of four in the back of the first before the red card. Let's they were. Mm all over us it was felt like a matter of time before they would score but after the red card we kind of um put defense first and stopped trying to sort of keep the ball mm. at all really and we looked a lot more sturdy and defensively sound but the, and it's a big but i don't think you can set up like that at home um it's just not in our dna and mm. arteta's kind of style either not against a weakened Liverpool side, you can maybe do that away from home against Liverpool like we did or City. But yeah, I'm not sure the Emirates faithful are going to be too appreciative of that kind of um, setup. So we won't see that. I think we will take them on. Um, and as much as we're talking about how strong we go, I think a lot depends on how strong Liverpool's midfield is. Because I think they'll go first choice at the back They'll, they've only got Romino and Jota and Mina Mini mm. really pick from in a second position. So it, it depends on who plays in midfield. Um, if they do play um, Henderson and Milner together like they have done quite recently, I think we've got potentially the legs to get around them. But it remains to be seen who we put there. So <laughs> there's a load of questions. Um, and I'd, I'd be surprised if Arteta's already knows what his team is. I think he might be sort of chopping and changing up until close to um, when the teams come out. Wilson says, do you think we'll go through? Very simple. Yes or no? Are we going through to the final tonight? Yes. I think we Yes. Are. So do I. Um, the the player that won't be in the team, for sure, uh, is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, just returned from the African Cup of Nations, of course, early. Um, we obviously all read the reports regarding the possible health concerns surrounding him, and, and if that is the case, we're wishing the absolute best. However, um, an interesting report came through yesterday uh, that I think it was James Benj of CBS Sports that initially retweeted uh, tweeted out the, the story that Arsenal have received an offer uh, from Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia, a loan offer with a mandatory buy clause of €8 million Euros in the summer. How did you react when you first saw this story? And is it something you'd be interested in accepting? Uh, 100%. Um, I, I think it's quite weird how we went from, what, two, 18 months ago, being at every Arsenal fan absolutely convinced and desperate that Aubameyang has to stay and we have to throw a lot of money at him. And unfortunately, 18 months later, we all saw that report yesterday, or well, I did anyway, mm. and thought, bingo, thank you, Alassar. Um, come and take him. I'll drive him to the airport, really. <laughs> that was the, unless you know, you're know you a big Aubameyang fan, which you're allowed to be because he has contributed a fair bit to us. He did carry us for a couple of seasons and he was really good when he first arrived. That can't be forgotten. But, you know, time moves on. We move on. It's time for Oba to move on. We need to 
if a deal like this is genuine and that um, interest is genuine and they make that offer, then we need to take it. Um, get his wages off the books. Um, for the player himself, I think you know, off the pitch, he's had you know, personal issues, um, illness issues, family stuff going on. And that's, you know, we can't let, we can't comment on any of that because that's his personal private life. But on the pitch, it feels like the scrutiny might be getting to him. Um, mm. he, the sort of, you know, he's the centre of attention all the time. When he's not playing, everyone's talking about him. Um, all the stuff, all the paparazzi stuff, I think all of that side of things can be eliminated if he goes abroad and goes to mm. you know, the Middle East to play football. The scrutiny is not going to be anywhere like playing or being the Arsenal captain. All of this captaincy talk gets eliminated he'll get a, a lot of money to be fair let's not kid ourselves these things matter um he'll be playing at a much easier level also i don't think i'm disrespecting the middle east no, saying it's not that. competitive it's, and, no. no he's the wrong side of 30 and you know physically is you know his returns are diminishing so he'd probably have a, a better quality of life out there as well so and it's uh, not too far from Dubai, which, you know. <laughs> you know, I love that you're now just like compiling a holiday destination <laughs> kind of document for it. On the face of it, it's got a lot of things that work for us, a lot of things that work for him. Um, and it'd be a, a nice resolution, a quick, nice resolution in January. And the most important thing is it'd free up a huge chunk of potential wages, which we can then manoeuvre into contracts for new players, which that's what we need to be doing. We need to be working out how we can construct a squad with the wages that, you know, uh, mm. we've managed to get Kalasinac off the books. It looks like Pablo Mari might be off the books. He's very- gone. He's just uh, actually tweeted out his move to Udinese. Yeah, it's been oh, confirmed. Oh, there you go, live on the Arsenal way. Um, so it looks like the... The thinking is joined up, and they are really trying to bring that wage, um, that wage cap down, and make room for a certain striker. Hopefully, who 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 will that be? I wonder. Like we don't know, obviously, and yeah. you know, the, the, I I didn't really want to get bogged down in Vlaovic stuff, just for the benefit of those that are tuned in, wondering what's going on. You, um, you yes. can't talk about Aubameyang leaving without talking about him. I right? know you can't. It's just not a lot has happened in the last twenty four hours. The only thing that we can say is that uh, the OK Culture Mercato. Uh, story that claims that Arsenal have had a bid accepted uh, as far as I'm aware anyway that's that's not the case um, and a bid hasn't yet been accepted for uh, the player uh, yeah. Arsenal, not even a formal offer at this stage has kind of gone in it's still discussions and I think that it's one that if it happens it's not going to happen until the end of the window if not in the summer and on strikers I mean I, from my perspective this this ties in with Aubameyang because if we allow Aubameyang to go it interestingly puts in an Arsenal into a position where on June the 1st, I believe that's when all the contracts expire, um, Arsenal will have Balogun. And that is it. Lacazette would have contract would have expired and Ketia's contract would have expired and Aubameyang would have left. And only Balogun will be left as an Arsenal orthodox natural striker. I wouldn't even call him a senior striker at this stage. He's still, you know, finding his feet at senior level. And so because of that fact, Arsenal in any kind of negotiation, any 
talk about a transfer of a striker, the selling clubs are going to know Arsenal's weak position in this in this area and will be using that to their advantage without a shadow of a doubt. So my only concern is if we allow Bamiyang to leave during this window, one, obviously, you've got the, the threat of if, if Lacazette gets injured and we don't bring in anyone in, you've got Nketiah till the end of the season to try and get you to top four, which is, you know, unlikely. And the other side of things is uh, we will be in the summer with no striker having been brought in and in a very weak position from a negotiating standpoint. I think you make some salient points there, Tom. I think all of that pushes towards the reality that we need to make this deal now. Yeah. Because or a deal. Not necessarily just Vlaovic, but a, a deal. A, a deal. It needs to be the deal for a number one striker, I think, because if you get into the position where Balogun's the only one, like you said, um, in the summer, anyone you do sign is going to not be fully ready for the beginning of the season. And then you put yourself into a situation where you start the first game of next season not ready to go. And you never want to be giving your rivals... Look, we started this season with a three-game handicap and it, it kind of it annoyingly... It just holds you back when you look. Yeah, when you look back at the table, you know, midway towards the end of the season, you think about those early nine points that we just completely spaffed up the wall, and you know where they could have gone, like where that could have seen us, you know, finishing the table. So you have to have all of those accounts in order before the season starts. And um, I, and I think. Like I said before, it all pushes towards a deal having to be kind of finalised in this window. Um, and I, I it's, the more you, the more I think about it, the more urgent it seems. So I hope mm. it, it feels like the club and Edu understand this urgency as well. Everything that's coming out of um, the leaks from the journalists and um, Arteta's words himself kind of seem to suggest that there as you know, not desperate, but really, really pushing to get these deals done ASAP. Speaking of deals that they're trying to get done uh, as soon as possible, Artur and his agent met with Edu yesterday, reportedly, um, and it's a deal that clearly Arsenal want to still get done, despite the fact that Partey is going to be returning. Arsenal's still interested in trying to finalise a midfielder. Uh, I mean, Wilson, the chat, how many midfielders do you think we would need in this window? I've always kind of still maintained that I'd like to see two come in, but I don't think that'll be the case. I think it would be just the one. Uh, Artur, we we have talked about him a lot. We've we've done insight shows. We've we've broken him down. We've done articles on him. Uh, if it does get done, um, which there is a good chance that it still could, do you think that is enough for the rest of the season, or do you think Arsenal would still be leaving themselves short in midfield? I think we might still be short even if we bring him in, but mm. we have recalled um, Miguel Aziz, so Aziz, he, yeah. yeah, he might get a sniff of some first team football. Um, and got top parties on his way back as well. So I, I I thought we needed two, but I'd be happy with just Arthur or Arthur, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sorry. Um, with Arthur, um, I I think the upside is so potentially high. It's a gamble worth worth taking. Um, it it reminds me a lot. Excuse me. Reminds mm. me a lot of the Danny Tobias deal, and you know that turned out horribly in the second season. But 
the upside of the initial loan was really high. That like if it did work, suddenly you've got a you know a a top class footballer with you know world class technical skills for a snippet of what you know he should or you know was valued at. So it's one of those six month deals where it could turn into a, a beautiful kind of marriage between the two mm. the club there, but. The downside isn't that great where you're not, you know, just baggaging yourself with a long contract with lots of wages. And he doesn't seem like the kind of player who, or he's not got the status where he's going to be demanding any kind of first team opportunities or, you know, put in the kind of like a, a bad apple in our cart, basically. It just feels like he'd be a, a solid a, addition. Yeah, yeah, a solid addition and an, a nice go-to player. And he's got a nice profile of skills that doesn't quite fit in. Like he's, I don't want to be disparaging about Elneny, but it's the, he's the kind of counter to Elneny where Elneny's yeah. so limited with his technical ability, whereas Arthur would open up lots of potential because he can manipulate the ball and play progressive passes. Um, he's not quite as good, but it reminds me a little bit about like the role Thiago Silva plays, not Thiago Silva, Thiago Alcantara plays in mm. the Liverpool three. And if yeah. we can get, you know, someone who can do that kind of thing, um, it might give our midfield an, another dimension, which, no, which I, I think it needs at this point. From an Arsenal perspective, the Santi Cazula role that played next to Coquelin, like that that deep line playmaker, that, yeah, exactly. that passing style is what and, I would see Arter play. Go on. And... What I mentioned about Danny Sabas, I he he was always really good at beating the press in um, in Spain, like yeah. called you know a press resistant player. That's what I and it never worked out, um, unfortunately. That's what I really really hope Arta can become a press resistant midfield playmaker. You can kind of break lines because Granit Xhaka is so good at ninety percent of the tasks that he kind of has to do in that left midfield slot. It's the not being able to resist the press, which he always kind of falls down on, ends up clipping players, getting bookings and red cards or whatever. So I think it's such a key part of that central midfield role. And hopefully Arthur is, he can fill that. Interestingly, um, we've seen a number of kind of rumours circulate um, that, that Partey would be back um, fairly soon. Uh, in fact, Chris Wheatley, our, our colleague from London, said that uh, 18 hours ago that Partey would be travelling back to London Colony uh, after Ghana's exit from the AFCON. Um, there is hope that he'd be ready for the game on Sunday. Say he returns late last night, early this morning. Is there any temptation from you to throw him in tonight in the game? No, not at all. Because we've had um, this stop-start thing with him already in terms of injuries, um, absolutely not. <laughs> I wouldn't even... I'd, I'd be very like reserved or kind of reluctant to even include him in the Sunday game against Burnley. Because you watch the, um, the Ghana loss to... Comoros, if I'm Comoros, getting that correct. Yes, um, I've been getting that wrong a lot. And I, <laughs> I guess I've been saying it wrong a lot, apparently. Go on. Um, but they had 10 men for a large part of that second half and he was rushing and harrying and you know really um, exerting a lot of mm. physicality. So it's not like he was 
on holiday. Um, he was working really hard and he's going to have jet lag and all of those things. And, you know, the disappointment of the hangover of uh, a really, really bad um, performance from Ghana. And he's one of their star players, so he will shoulder a lot of that responsibility. Mm. So mm. it's not like, yeah, he's just coming from uh, like a like time off. So chucking him back in would be very very risky, I think. Yeah, uh, for Burnley on Sunday, I think he's got a good chance, as, as Chris really yeah. reported. But uh, but yeah, it's probably too soon uh, to see him come if back. If we have other options, don't use him. Yeah, uh, last couple of questions. Ollie in the chat says, "Would you take Hector Bellerin back as a, a backup for Tommy next season?" Interesting seeing Bellerin talk so kind of encouragingly about Arsenal recently. He'd only have a year left on his deal. From my perspective, I think it's a case of he's probably raising his value as high as it will get whilst at Betis and we should probably look to cash in in the summer. Is that where your head's kind of at with this one? Absolutely. Um, I, I love Hector and I know Hector still is a big Arsenal fan. I think Chris Davison wrote a nice piece on him yesterday for mm-hmm. us um, about you know the, the love he still deserves um, as um, someone who's served us really well for a long time. And he seems happy in Betis. Um, I watched his podcast with Ian Wright the other the other day, and he was in very good spirits. Spoke very glowingly about Tommy Asu and how he's getting on um, in in his position. So there's uh, there's not much to be gained from him coming back. He's happy. We'll get a fee if Betis. You know that's his boyhood team as well. So hmm. there's no way he'd rather be probably at this point in his career. He's playing quite well, better than he was at Arsenal last season anyway. Um, so I think it works, again, like the Alba deal. It works for him to stay there. We get, hopefully, 10 to 15 million euros or something like that to bolster our transfer budget. And we move on because, yeah, I don't see any kind of good reason for him to come back to the club, to be honest. And the, the age profile, which is another thing that Arteta mm. spoke about yesterday, um, he doesn't fit into the overall planning of the squad so I think that's three big reasons why I think we've seen the last of Hector in an Arsenal shirt yeah. but um, I wish him well in a Betis one I mean he'll be oh is my voice going weird on the screen hold on I think it's your microphone's gone a little bit strange just I'd take it out put it back in again is harsh is what I'd do um, in regards to Bellerin he'll be 27 when he returns um, at the end of this season which makes me feel so old for starters that's ridiculous um, and I mean secondly he's a player that will hopefully be worth a pretty penny by the end of the season as well because of how much he's come on at Betis. They're doing really well in the league. They're actually, I mean, they're up there in the Champions League places, I think, right now. So he's done exceptionally well whilst there and helped them into that position too. So I, and I hope he does well. Like, I've got nothing bad to say really about Hector Bellerin. It's not really worked out for him at Arsenal. I think Tommy Asu is a definite upgrade on what he's been able to give us without a shadow of a doubt. But, uh, you know, I'm very happy with it. Let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying regarding predictions. Then, Hush, I'm going to come to you for yours. Uh, Captain Wishwash says 1 0 to Liverpool. Crazy Diamond says 3 2 Arsenal. HK says 4 1 Arsenal. Uh, Matt G is hoping for a 2 1 Arsenal win. John Daly going for a 3 0 to the Arsenal. Graham Caldwell 2 1. Uh, Martinelli and Saka to get on the score sheet. Rancid Pumpkin saying 3 2 Arsenal with a Martinelli hat trick. Rafiq going for a 1 0 Arsenal win. Ramir, uh, Amir, sorry, saying 3 2 to the Gunners as well. And uh, let's scroll down a little bit further. I forget that there's penalties and extra time on the possibility tonight. Um, Bellerin wanted to leave, uh, but 1-1, 2-2 in extra time, and then 5-4 win on penalties. Zander, you're a glutton for punishment. You really are. Hush, can I push you for a prediction, mate? 
Um, first of all, please no penalties. I, I don't like <laughs> penalties. Um, I, I I feel one nil to Arsenal. I feel like we'll score early. And then just um, have it painful for the next 80 minutes. <laughs> I, think, I think then we'll have chances and it'll be, I feel like it might be an open game, but I, I don't see a lot of goals because watching Liverpool recently without um, without the two, Mane and Salah, mm. um, they're, they're blunted in attack. And I feel like we've got enough to frustrate them. But because of the absentees that we have, I don't quite think we've got, you know, the cutting edge that, you know, when the full team is there. So I see it being a tight game and I'm thinking 1-0. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to pick a goal scorer. I'm going to leave that. But, uh, <laughs> to the ambiguous, yeah. yeah. Because I don't know who's going to start. So I don't well, want to say No, we haven't got a clue. It could yeah, be, I'll, you know, I'll just could be Stevenberg up front for all we know at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> could, be, could be Gunnosaurus. It, it could be one of those lineups we saw last weekend. Um getting memed up when the Spurs game got called off. Those were hilarious. Um, yeah, a, a tight game, a 1-0 win and on to Chelsea in the final. I think that's what we'll get. Fingers crossed. Uh, Samuel saying 2-1 Arsenal. Uh, King says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Tierney goal. And I love this one from uh, Daz Mack who says 1-0 uh, with Trent scoring an own goal. That would be, oh, so sweet. The tears that you could drink from that would be yeah. fantastic. Um, thank you, Hush, as always, mate, for coming on the show. I really appreciate oh. your time. A pleasure as always. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Chatbox. As per, there's nearly 400 or 350 of you watching currently. So please do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. If you're watching on Facebook and you're not subscribed on the Arsenal YouTube channel for us, please make sure you jump over to the Arsenal way on YouTube and hit subscribe. We're on our way to 8,000, trying to hit that 8K before the end of the January transfer window. We're bringing you all of the updates from Arsenal at 9.30 every morning on a weekday UK time. And you'll be able to watch all of our Tetris press conferences and that of our rivals too. And a little bit later on, Hush, we've got another plan for a, a little bit of a predictor uh, game as well, which we're going to try. We're going to be putting on our uh, Wizards hats and trying to find out what Mikel Arteta is going to do tonight and, yeah, predict mm. predict the team with a little bit of a lineup selector. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes, indeed. Uh, we look forward to bringing you that, so make sure you turn those notifications on as well so you'll know when that has dropped. We will see you again very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.